Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the preview podcast supported by Phantom Bruco. I could just do it. I could do with a lot of beers right now because supporting Reading Football Club is just absolutely it's draining. It is really draining. But we are here to talk about the match that's coming up against Hull City on Saturday. Also, we're going to look back at, yep, 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 you're absolutely correct. Another defeat for Redden Football Club last night against Blackburn Rovers. And I've been joined by the indomitable, the incredible, the sensational James Earnshaw from the Reading Chronicle. How you doing, mate? Yeah, good. Thanks, Paul. Just about recovering from uh, yesterday's so fourth straight defeat now. Uh, getting a bit tedious now, must admit. Yeah, it is, isn't it? Um, I think most fans will agree with you. Four consecutive defeats. Really very little to shout about in three of them. A little bit better on the attacking front last night. We can talk about the defending in a little bit. But attacking-wise, the changes seem to work with Cassidy and Jao coming into the team. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> yeah, no, it was a it was an improved performance, wasn't it? I mean, it's... You know, it's not the the best when you're sort of scraping around and a two 0 two one defeat is 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 an improvement. But there were definitely glimmers uh, of hope from um, yesterday's performance. A lot more attacking. Uh, Cassidy had more shots on his own on target yesterday than the whole team have managed in the last three or four games. So that they're, they're slowly finding their way towards the goal. Um, so hopefully it all sort of clicks together a bit more on Saturday. Also, like the link up that he had with Jal for the goal, it just shows if you have a player up front, you can do that and a midfielder then come on and strike it. Um, was it the best strike we've ever seen? Probably not, but it felt pretty damn good when it went in, James. And if you don't shoot, you don't score, do you? Yeah, exactly. And Cassidy tried two or three of those before he actually did score. And uh, you know, it's, it's quite not refreshing to see a midfielder, other than Jeff Hendrick, shoot. Because you know, no one tends to shoot. They like to play it out wide and then inevitably lose it. Um, so although, yeah, although Andy Carroll obviously missed out their injury, it, probably ended up being for the greater good of the team, really, because they kept the ball on the ground more than they usually do. Uh, Zhao dropped deep and linked things up, and Shane Long had a, had a good chance to, to score as well. I think it was, it was I think it was quite positive overall. If we take that performance in against teams in the bottom half, you'll probably win them more often than you don't. Yeah, no, I agree. I think Cassidy is showing that he's, he's got something there. <laughs> There's no doubt on that. In his first game, he looked off the pace. Then he picked up again in his next game. Maybe that was against Blackpool, possibly. I can't remember off the top of my head. And then last night, again, he stepped it up. 
he's a young player with a lot of talent defensively. Um, if Gallagher for Blackburn actually had any ability to strike the ball on goal, you know, I'm sure he will score goals. But last night, he was one of our best players for quite a long period, James. Uh, he was an absolute sitters, didn't he? Defensively, we were a shambles as well. Yeah, yeah, he did have a fair few chances. Um, you know, swings and roundabouts, sometimes you get those. It's one of those ones where it just felt like it could be Reading's day because they were missing mm. so many of those. But, you know, if you keep giving them so many, your, your day won't last very long. And eventually they did take take one of the millions of chances they didn't create. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I wasn't amazed by Blackburn. I thought they were very workmanlike and, you know, they, they were probably full value for the win. But I wasn't blown away by them. And I don't think anybody in the top six is going to particularly fear them. Um, but obviously they got a big cup game on, the, on Saturday and, you know, they might be at Wembley uh, next month. So exciting times to be a Blackburn fan. Yeah, and good luck to Blackburn. Uh, no issues with them. They fully deserve to win. But some positive signs. We will take that, won't we? A shot, a few other chances. It is such a bleak time. <laughs> it really is. This is where we're at. We will take a shot and a goal. But this is what it is as a Redding fan at the moment. So this is the reality. We're going into the game on Saturday. I think it's a must win now, isn't it? And kind of like you mentioned Andy Carroll there. Have you got anything more on actually what his injury is or is it just a stomach pain that um, Paul Ince was saying after the game? Yeah, he said abdominal issues. Um, he didn't say exactly. He was going to have a look today when they got back into uh, sort of the training ground. But he did say maybe Saturday. Uh, so that could be an interesting one. But to be fair, I don't think I'd change much from from yesterday, really. Uh, four at the back at home is probably more ideal. Um you know, if they keep creating so many chances as they, did, as, as they sort of half chances as they did yesterday, you know, they're, they're bound to score a couple. And um, but yeah, as you said earlier, I do think it's a must-win. Really, I, I think even a draw is going to leave much of the of the fan base disappointed. And uh, you could then come out of the international break in the bottom three, arguably. Yes, um, I think it's absolutely critical, and it's kind of ironic, isn't it? Going into the last international break, we got that really late own goal winner. Mm. That really set us up going into it. Now we were in exactly the same position and not all down to Paul Ince because the points deduction hanging over our head. Yes, I have mentioned mm. it. That's not his fault. That's from previous times. So we're not going to put that on him. But some of his selections and he cannot bring back Andy Carroll, please. I mean, I've got nothing against Andy Carroll. He gives everything in the shirt, but he should really be a player that's coming off the bench, I think. And we just look so much better without him starting. But we will see. Let's talk about Loom. What is he doing? He actually had one of his better games last night. Mm. And then he just completely loses the plot, James, just from nowhere. Yeah, that's definitely the most frustrating thing is he was actually really good yesterday. I mean, he was doing that bit that good players do where you take the extra split second on the ball just to draw the other player in to make the most of the space behind him. And a few of the turns were. They were really good and sort of the loom of the first couple of games when everybody thought he was going to be a world beater. But we always knew he had that temperament. I mean, he's already been suspended for picking up so many yellow cards. So he's, he's he likes to pick up a booking and he likes to pick up, you know, silly little fouls. That wasn't a silly foul. That was a mind, mind-numbingly stupid foul. Um, and he let the whole team down. I mean, I guess the one grateful thing is that it was so late in the game, it didn't really have a massive effect anyway. Uh, you know, if it would have been in the first half, playing with that, kind of tempo uh, with 10 men would have been a struggle. But now there's even less midfield options 
for the next three games uh, with his suspension. So it's, it's kind of dropped Paul Lintz right in it in terms of selection. And, uh, you know, with only nine games left, I can't see him playing a huge role in the, in the end of the season now, to be honest. No, it's going to be uh, one of two, isn't it? It's probably going to be Fauna or the position that we really don't want to see is Tom McIntyre playing in midfield. I've got a really horrible feeling I know how this is mm. going to go. But we'll see on Saturday, won't we? I mean, what do you think, James? Which one of those options do you think uh, Paul Lintz will be choosing? Yeah, I think it'll be McIntyre and then uh, Nesta Guinness Walker to left back. Because Fauna wasn't in the squad um, yesterday. He didn't mention why, um, so we'll find out on Saturday if he's back involved. Uh, but Fauna doesn't seem to get a lot of game time over recent months. So, um, no, McIntyre will be moved again for what, this is the second game, he'll move position and uh, he'll fill in uh, Nesta. You know, everybody likes Nesta, so no doubt will do a decent job at left back. Um, but yeah, it just kind of takes away that little extra bit of creativity, doesn't it, in midfield, really? Yes, yes, and Nesta, I think, will come in. Um... It's kind of, he's done okay, hasn't he? Um, he's better attacking-wise, but defensively, I think he's really vulnerable as well. Mm-hmm. But that's just like all of our defenders. Um, none <laughs> of them fill me with any any joy, really, sadly, after watching them for the last two or three years. A lot of them are the same. So, But Liam Moore, he could come in as well. But let's not go down that. Let's not, <laughs> let's not go down that alleyway. <laughs> let's, let's not do that, because it's just uh, going to be a tricky one. What's going to happen on Saturday then, James? Hull City, a team that have got one win in six, I think. Bang out of form, terrible away from home. We know where this is heading, but <laughs> what, what do you feel is going to happen? <laughs> well, you're you're leading me towards a Hull City win there, aren't you? Kind I of, wouldn't uh, do cleverly. that. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I, I just seem to think that when the when push comes to shove, this team do tend to bring out a result when, when it's needed. The same with Rotherham and Blackpool. So I don't know. I'm going to squeak maybe a two-one. It's not going to be pretty, and it's you know it's not going to keep the uh, the very loud, negative sort of portion of the fans on social media happy. But it'll keep the team ticking over. The points tally rising. I'm going to go two-one to Reading. Yeah, I'm probably going to go for a Reading win as well, which is uh, quite surprising yeah, for that's me. Da- I haven't done that for a while. We're scary. absolutely screwed, aren't we? <laughs> <laughs> Proper kiss of death stuff. That it is. I'm going to go for. Three one, Oof. and I'm going to predict that Tom Ince will put in one good corner. So um, uh, that, those are my two bold predictions for Saturday. We'll see how that goes. We really will. I don't care how we win. I know mm. people want to see us play lovely football and everything, and I do as well. It's far more enjoyable. But if we win, I don't give a shit. Mm. I'll be honest about that. Yeah. I really don't because they're so more important the points than anything else right now. But thanks a lot for joining us, James. Uh, just coming up after the break, we will have Matt with the whole city fan and uh, keep listening for that. And cheers for listening. Thanks. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the second part of today's preview podcast. We've, of course, now flipped onto the view from the opposition um, to preview the up and coming game against Hull. And to do so, we have got Ant from to Hull and Back podcast. How are you doing, Ant? I am fine, mate. How are you? All good, all good. Just blocking everything Reading FC out, to be honest, at the moment. Just doing ev- <laughs> anything possible. I even went and watched Maidenhead Town, who's a fifth-tier team in the week, because I was just I, I just wanted to watch some football that wasn't Reading FC, I can't lie. Hey, um, non-league football is a good watch. It's it's brilliant. Got got there, I, I was able to have a burger and chips, just stand wherever I want. It was a, it's a different world. It's a different world. But, Relaxing. Um, 
very relaxing in indeed yeah but sadly this weekend i am going to be watching reading se because we are of course playing <laughs> whole city um so kind um just give us a bit of background as to what's going on at hull at the moment Ant, because on the face of it it's it's very almost stop starty but there's quite a bit of almost optimism seemingly growing in the fan base at hull by the sounds of things yeah, so we 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 had a torrid few years under obviously the previous owners. Um, new owners come in, been absolutely fantastic. You know, we we stayed up last season quite comfortably in the end, and uh, this season, you know, realistically, we was aiming at being a mid-table side, consolidating and having a base to build on for next year. So for them, obviously, challenge the top six, and it started with four or five games unbeaten, and we're thinking, you know, maybe this is going to surpass our expectations, but. The, the performances weren't really great. Like we were, we were unbeaten, but there was con- there was concern um, that you know we were we weren't creating many chances. We just had a unusually high conversion rate, so we were we were creating like three or four chances a game, but putting you know seventy five percent of them in the net, um, which was obviously going to end at some point, and it did. Um, they have then went on to lose however many games under Shotter. We were rolling under. Uh, rolling over, sorry, every game about two or three nil. Uh, we had the worst defense in the in the country at one point, certainly in the league. Um, and you know, you're just thinking, God, we're going to be in another relegation fight. You know, signed 16, 17 players in the summer, and what a travesty that would be. Um, but obviously, Avalanche got sacked um, just ahead of the Luton game after the international break, and then Dawson kind of came in, steadied the ship, and Liam Rosini has come in, and obviously a popular appointment. Former player knows the area. Um, very, very highly rated coach. Um, one of the most promising uh, managers from pretty much any other gaffer that you speak to or hear, hear talk about him on interviews. Um, you know, he's very, very honest, very open, um, very uh, ambitious. And it kind of suits with the vision that the owner had, you know, playing some more attractive football and, and, and aiming for as high as you can possibly get. Rosinia ticked all those boxes. Um, and since he's come in, you know, his, his biggest job was to make us hard to beat. And he's done that. Uh, you know, I think since he's come in, we've had the, I don't know about now because we conceded three last night, but um, we, we we had before the Burnley game, the third best defence in um, the, the league since his appointment. Um, so, you know, to flip that round is, is phenomenal considering this is his first proper job. Um, you know, he was only an interim derby for a, a few games at the beginning of this season. And, you know, we're, we're playing good stuff and it's just been a torrid season of injury. Uh, we've never really had a consistent starting eleven. There's always somebody going out injured, especially someone who's just come in and played really well. And it's probably been a really frustrating uh, season for, for him as well, um, obviously, other than the fans. But we're not going to go down. We're not going to go up. It's going to be now. It's just, you know, figuring out who's going to be here next season, um, getting players, get that that new play out from the back system, rubber stamps on the team, ready for a pre-season under Rosinia, where hopefully we get, you know, a bit more fitness in the ranks so we can play this high press that he wants to play and and be a bit more relentless. You know, he's, he's aiming at being similar to what Burnley do this season in terms of dominating games and being high energy. So, um, yeah, definite optimism. And, and, and you know, it, it, realistically, if we don't get the top six this season, nobody's that bothered because, like we say, we just aimed at mid-table anyway. Mid mid table mediocrity is kind of yeah. I, I, I think where where it's headed and um I, I, to be honest it's uh, Reading FC can only dream of that I think at the moment <laughs> seemingly even when we're close to it we do something stupid and get points deductions so um well yeah which which chucks us back down so but um you you touched upon the defensive record changing obviously since Rosinia came in um I um quick I had a quick look into it kind of before we were speaking I mean since he's come in twenty league games we've only conceded twice really on four occasions as well in that so it's really tightened 
tightened up. What's kind of has it been a change of formation or what's kind of been the catalyst? Um, to that? So basically, under Avaladzi, if you ever watched any of our highlights, we were just a chaotic, disorganized mess. Um, players clearly didn't know the role in the team. Um, I don't think he knew what kind of system he wanted to play. Um, there was no identity and it showed, you know, we were mistake ridden, players were out of position, teams were picking us apart with ease and we weren't really any threat going forward. So all of them combined equals, you know, a massive losing streak like what we went on. Um, and then, you know, at the end of the end of the day, you look back at that now, that run's probably cost us, you know, challenging in the top half of the table. So, but since Rosini has come in, you know, we've, we've he's, I think he's put extra hours in on the training ground with them. We've stopped conceding as many set pieces. Um, mistakes have have gone down. There was a couple last night, which was quite poor. Um, but they're they're more or less, you know, symptoms of playing out from the back kind of thing. Um, but he's, he's made us like the players now know what they're doing. So when you're a fan and you're watching your team, you want your team to know exactly what they're meant to be doing in the team. You want to see that pa them partnerships grow. You want to see that cohesion, and and that's what we've got. Um, you know, with every player throws the body on the line, we're blocking shots. Um, everyone presses together. You know, it's not individually. Um, you know, it's. I think it's just getting that message across in a clearer way. I think what Rosini has done um, has helped to us get. I think because we've got two different systems. We've got a system off the ball and a system on the ball. So that transition and that counter attack system as well helps us a bit. Uh, and like I said, it, the, the the two wide players drop back and it makes it like a four five one essentially. So we just kind of crowd them out in the middle and. Yeah, it's, it's 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 been good because we don't park the bus or anything. We're just we're just resolute and strong. So you know, it, we kind of absorb the pressure and then just try and hit them on the break. With all of that in mind, then is it a bit surprising potentially to to Hull fans because the uh, the the win record at the moment under Rosinha is thirty percent after twenty games. It's six six wins, eight draws, and I think six losses. Mm. Does that is that is that surprising or is it just more kind of it just shows what kind of a team he's building, grinding out results, lots of draws, hard to beat kind of kind of team? Yeah, it shows it reflects what we are this season and we yeah. are that nearly team. You know, yeah. we we come out of games and there's been so many times now under Rosinia where we've come out of a game um against what you would, you know, maybe especially against superior opposition like Burnley and Sheffield United teams like that. We come out of games and we've more than matched them. And the only difference is, is how ruthless you are in the final third. This season, our Achilles heel has been putting the ball in the back of the net. Um, you know, there's only really Estepinian who's, who's been doing it on a regular basis. Uh, second top scorer is two fan on five. Um, there's not been many goals in this team. And our decision making, finishing, um, you know, where it really matters in front of the goal, um, we've, we've just not been good enough. And... You look back at games where, you know, we've lost or drawn, uh, lost by a goal or, or drawn. And, and, you know, that that one chance that you put away, you're, you, you're you know, six or seven places higher in the league because of how close, uh, how close the league is this season. And it's really frustrating because we've got that uh, solid base at the back ready. So we don't concede many goals. And then, you know, all we need to do now is just find a way to start scoring on a, on a more regular basis. And, you know, you, you've got that winning formula. But at the minute, it's... I mean, to be fair, you've got to, you've got to give credit where it's due because, like I said, we we were horrendous um, under Avaladzi and we were only going one direction, and that was back towards League One. So um, since Rosini has come in, and you know that hard to beat label was was a pipe dream, you know, before he came in. So the fact he's come in and made us so strong and resolute is 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 credit to him as a as a manager, really. I guess it's. 
foundations at the end of the day mm. you know you can't you can't just like say turn around a team that's disorganized look like they've never played together in in two three four weeks a month two months or a season right it's got a it comes over time um one of one of the the things you mentioned there was obviously clinicalness and the last game you had was actually well last night was that game as we record it's we're recording on thursday um against burnley which you say you more than match them i mean the looking at the stats and everything it just seemed like another i guess tale of missed chances for you guys a couple of big chances missed burnley being the unstoppable juggernaut really that they seem to be this season then just taking their chances yeah that was that was that was definitely it i mean it was a game where we had you know the first half was more of a it was matched we didn't concede till the 40th minute we worked so hard and then um a bit of a misjudge from Callum Elder on one of the headers. I mean, he claimed a push, but there was nothing in it. Um, you know, got Nathan Teller in, who's, who's been superb this season, probably the best winger in the league. Um, you know, and then he turns inside and sticks it in the near post. And all that hard work for 40 minutes um, has just gone out the window. And you've, you've gifted the, the best team in the league a goal. And you're already giving yourself that mountain to climb then. But we came out second half, again, very promising. Missed a couple of good chances. Uh, brought his opinion on at halftime after Pelkas missed a couple in the first half and, and he was hooked off. Um, and then, again, a bit of a sucker punch, uh, Paul Markin in the box and Teller's got two and it's essentially game over. And, you know, it, it's... it's. I think the, the thing I've always said about us this season is that um, we we don't punish teams enough. Um, we Every single mistake we make or poor bit of defending that we have, we tend to get massively punished for it and it's in the back of our net. Whereas other teams make mistakes against us and we waste it. Um, and, you know, you, you're thinking you need that that absolute ruthlessness in this league if you're going to get any consistency, uh, any success. And, you know, that's why this season we've drawn more under Rosinia than we've won or lost because that ruthlessness is missing. Um, that clinical nature in the final third, that decision-making, it's just, it has been our Achilles heel since the beginning of the season. And, and Burnley last night showed that we can mix it with some of the best teams in this league. And, you know, you, can, you take the positives away from that. I don't think there's any City fan that's, you know, going to uh, sit here and say, well, that was disgusting. We scored three goals. It kind of flattened Burnley, uh, flattered Burnley in a, in a way, because especially the third goal, we essentially just passed it to Teller for his hat-trick. Um, so, you know, you, these mistakes, like I say, end up in the back of our net, but um, other teams tend to get away with them against us, and it's really annoying. Yeah, I guess, to be honest, I mean, it's the one of the oldest cliches in the book. There's a way to lose games. Right. Mm. You know, and I guess if you're if you're showing that intent, if you're showing that you can you can match the man to man, if it's just a bit of luck, you can stomach that as a fan, you know. Um, so um, kind of finishing off the, the the look back at Hull section of of, of, of this part of the pod that we're going to do. Rosinia, probably for you, right man to take you guys forward. Confident. Absolutely. I think. Yeah. Um... You know, it's 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 easy to forget that he's inherited, you know, a huge squad that that were players he didn't sign. Um, this is his first proper job. He's, he's at a place that he knows, loves, and is well respected. So he had that little bit of added pressure. Yes, of course, there's sentimental value to his appointment, but um, with that, I think you would you would imagine Rosini would feel extra pressure to do well um, in front of his, you know, what he would his own fans, but what he's played in front of before. Um, so. And he had a huge job, like I said, to turn it around from the mess that Shotter had left it in. I mean, Dawson did a bit in the few games he was in charge to upset the ship a bit. Um, but but Rosini has really come in and, and, and switched things around. So, I mean, he's, he's just... You listen to his interviews, you, you see the behind the scenes um, with him in training and, and how he sort of 
uh, randomly spot test some of the players and what they've learned today, especially the youngsters and things like that. And you just think, this guy's really, really trying to make sure he improves every single player in the squad. He's happy he's to manage He's a manager. He's a coach. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's he's definitely he's not just a yes man for the for the media for the own you know to take the brunt of of the fans' um, anger or joy um, in front uh, in front of the cameras. He is he wants to be the man that steers this club in the right direction, and he's doing that. You know, we come up, we come away from games where we've drawn, and you like you know Coventry, very good point, very informed. Um, he came away from that angry. We should have won it. You know, you, you want these managers that have that ambition. They want to be better. You know, one point's not good enough. We wanted three. We could have had three. We should have had three. Um, and he's got that. I mean, it'd be interesting to see, obviously, what we do in summer. I personally think it'll be a bit of a trim um, of some of the players that maybe went up to scratch or, you know, aren't going to reach those fitness levels he wants um, and then get a few players in that he needs and then really get that possession-based style next season where we want to look at dominating the ball each game and, and press teams to a point that they're making mistakes that we then punish. So, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm fully confident. I think he's got a bit of extra time with the fans, obviously, because of how much he's respected around here. And, um, you know, usually bad results are, melt, are met with your very natural overreaction from fans on social media. We don't tend to get that as much under Rosinia. So, yeah, everything seems to be going in the right direction. I mean, I, I saw on second tier um, the other day, they were mentioning the same thing we all have been saying, that you look at us and you look at some of the teams around us in that mid-table grouping and you, you think, you know, what direction are they going in? We are definitely going forwards. And next season, we're obviously aiming at least to be challenging for the top six. So, um, yeah, be very interesting, very optimistic um, and, and a lot different to, to what we've been experiencing the last few years. So, yeah, nice definitely. to have optimism back. Well, I, I have to say, I was a bit surprised when I looked at the table. And so I think you're 15th at the moment. I thought you were going to be a couple, a couple of places higher because there's been obviously a lot of positivity around Hull at the moment. Um, but, you know, hopefully, you know, they can kick on this season. I mean, to be honest, actually, this season, Hull were my kind of dark horses for the playoffs this season. Mm. So I was looking at I was looking at the business in the summer and thinking, you know, they've actually they've backed mm. a manager here, you know, and they're, they're, there's some big signings in there. Um, might not just happened this year but you know you never know for next year next next year's another season so um obviously looking looking ahead to then to the game this weekend um Rosinia coming back to a place as well that he 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 knows from his playing career played here I think it was for two seasons ended on rather bad terms I think sadly um but um kind of one of the key things for this game for you guys could be obviously that that clinicalness as you said goal conversion um, and one player that's kind of been frozen out a bit oddly in kind of Reading FC fashion, seemingly your top goal scorer, Estupin, Estupin no, Estupinian. Yes, Est yes, Estupinian. <laughs> there we go. Sorry, I, I, I'm always mucking up names. Um, <laughs> he, he's on 13 goals this season, but last few games on the bench, yeah. Um, Estupinian's you know, he's, he's, an, he's one of those strikers. That, that you see you see every now and again that scores in patches. Mm. Um, you know, rather than scoring every two or three games, he scores for four or five in a row and then doesn't score again for the next eight or nine. Um so it's it's he's definitely a service striker. I don't know if he um enjoys being the lone striker as much. Um, you know, his his hold up play isn't great, but he is a he's, he's an absolute goal poacher is what he is. You know, barring the Coventry goal, which was an absolute peach into the top corner, all of his goals have pretty much probably been around the six-yard box. He's, he's a Gary Lineker-type striker where he just wants to be in and around the right place and tap on the scraps. And wasn't, the wasn't there, there, there was there was a stat at the start of the season where it was, I think, five of his goals or something came from a combined about, it was like 
15 yards or something yeah it was yeah yeah yeah. Yeah, especially his hat trick against Norwich was probably the worst hat trick I've ever seen I think (laughs) it it, it was it was just crazy but that's the kind of striker we've been missing um Mm. you know someone who can force mistakes because he does press well as a striker he's got relentless energy um you know he gives away a few fouls but you you don't mind seeing that as a fan because he does press well for 90 minutes if he plays he will run at those defenders and try and cause issues um, I mean, the, the couple, uh, one of the goals he scored against Norwich was literally just his own doing by forcing them backwards into uh, uh, into an error and then scoring from it. So, um, yeah, it's, 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 it was quite surprising he didn't play against Burnley last night. Obviously, uh, Tete, big Ben Tete, was playing um, ahead of him um, after scoring against West Brom. He got the nod against Coventry, but then, as our season tends to do, he got injured again. Um, so we thought he'd be going straight back in. Um, but Rosini played a bit of a wildcard side and, and made quite a few changes. And I think it was more or less a... I mean, the only logic I can think of is with, with it being Burnley in a free hit. Um, he, he's had his eyes on the Reading game, which he probably highlights as more of a winnable game and tried to play a few of the fringe players saying, go on, then prove to me what you've got against some of the best players in the league. And I mean, they didn't disappoint. They played really well. Like I said, we just didn't put our chances away. And um, But I, I fully expect him to start against Reading. I think uh, Pelcast really struggled in that false nine position. He's naturally a winger, so it was weird to see him play through the middle above Oscar. Um, but he did come on at half-time. Um, so, yeah, I'd fully expect him to start against Reading. Sorry for you guys. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, that's uh, that that's fine. Kind of um, looking looking at other other standout players this year. I mean, there's been a couple that kind of I can remember. I mean, when we came to your place earlier in the season, Jacob Greaves, mm. the tallest yeah. left back I think I've ever seen, but was absolutely fantastic at left back. Um, a menace down the left, and kind of everything you were doing was coming down that left. I remember um, Sam McLaughlin as well, Seri in the middle. Um, kind of if if you were to pick out kind of players to look out for this weekend who would you be be uh saying to to keep an eye on um i'm gonna throw a wild card in there and one of our summer signings in adama Traore, not the not the really pacey wolves winger um the malian <laughs> midfielder the better uh, winger we signed him yeah <laughs> well yeah <laughs> um we, we signed him on a free in summer um he came with big hype um he's got champions league experience he wants cost um yeah. as monaco 15 million euros um had a career blighted with injury, really, so he's never really reached the heights that he should have done. Um, but he made his first start uh, last night against Burnley, and he was a class act. And I'm very excited to see what he can give. Very, very tidy and composed on the ball. You know, a lot of he's very good on the turn. Um, can take two or three players out of the game with just one touch. Um, so I'm excited to see if he starts again. I, I don't know if fitness will allow him. He might, he might be on the bench and come on. But um, Ozan Tufan, second top scorer, five goals. We got told he was a lazy, useless mess from Watford fans, and he's been amazing. Um, you always like get say, that yeah, from actually, fans, though, when they lose players. <laughs> yeah, sometimes it's just systems and managers. Players just don't sometimes suit, do they? And, and, and two fans come here, and obviously the fans have taken to him quite quickly, and I think he appreciated the love. So he's, he's kind of tried to reciprocate that, especially under Rosini, who demands hard work. He's really stepping up his game in that sense and, and working hard. Um, but I w- I, I'm going to say... Um, Obviously, other than Estepinian, who's the obvious one, um, Ali Arce Admanesh is our Iranian wonder kid who we've just not really had chance to to show the league what he can do because he's since he's signed for us because we signed him on loan last January uh, and then he was injured for a long time and then he showed us what he could do for the remainder of the season, the last few games, and then started this season really well, got injured for a long time and then he's come back, got injured again and now he's back. So hopefully... 
Um, he's now in the side regularly because he's just he's a nightmare for defenders. He is fast, tricky, direct. Um, will shoot from anywhere. Um, he's he's going to be key to our success if he needs to stay fit. Um, so yeah, I would earmark him as as, as our uh, sort of wildcard danger man. Yeah. And what what position does he play? Is he? He's anywhere anywhere across the front three. Fair enough. Fair enough. We'll uh, keep keep an eye on keep an eye on him, Reading fans, and um, yeah, Paul Lintz, mark the shit out of him, as I always say. <laughs> so um, yeah, it's not hard. No, he's not Just... that good. <laughs> shouldn't have said it. Shouldn't have said it, Ant. <laughs> um, so kind of wrapping it up. Um, obviously, Hull are quite good against Reading. I know we beat you guys earlier in the season, but that was only our second win in the last fifteen league games, dating back to twenty ten. Oh against you guys you're kind of a bit of a bogey team for reading um what are your are you are you guys or are you you going to predict a win for this weekend or you know what negative? so in terms of what you should expect we, we we would earmark this as a game that we need to try and win um we can win as i said if we play like we did against burnley we, we we'd have it wrapped up but in typical Hull City fashion, teams that are really struggling for results, we're very generous in the sense that we like to lose against these teams. So That's what we um, like to hear. Yeah, considering <laughs> you've lost four in a row um, is, is usually bad news for us. And it, it makes us all kind of wince at the fact that um, we're, we're that charity, charity case of a club that loses to the teams that they, sh- that they should be beating kind of thing. And it does worry me this game a little bit because we played so well against Burnley. It'd be typical us to, to, to go and get turned over 2-0 and... Tom Ince probably score from 40 yards. Obviously, he's not really well-liked here. Ince, he wasn't very good. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm, my mind's saying that it'll be a draw because I think Reading will 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 probably see this as a game that they could win too. It's, you know, we're, we're not realistically that far apart in the league and we're very inconsistent. There'll probably be a few changes from, obviously, the, the Burnley game and um, there is some players still trying to recover full fitness and things like that. And I just think that it'll be one of these scrappy games that, um, especially if we go one nil down, that we'll struggle to try and um, impose ourselves on. But saying that, if we play to our full strengths, I think you know we we could come away with a clean sheet. So I'm I'm gonna sit on the fence and say um, it'll be a one-one draw. Oh, score draw, score draw. You know what though? If I could take a draw right now, I probably would because we're on wretched form, to be honest. Mm. Never normally do well against you guys. But, you know, I think a lot of Reading fans are seeing this almost as a must win at this stage because if you take off the points that we're due to be losing, if it's six points, it's going to be three points above the relegation zone. Is, it this, is it this season that you'd lose them or is it next? It's reportedly this season, reportedly this season, um, because it's all to do, I think, with the business plan. So, um, so yeah, but nothing. I mean, it's been internet silence since uh, it was first rumoured. Um, whether the club are trying to do something, I don't know. Um, but yeah, it's yeah, lots of Reading it's fans. So are kind bizarre, of, isn't it? Because there's yeah. so many instances where teams are looking at points deductions, but they'll say they'll do it next season instead of this one, and then you've got teams that are yeah. going down that probably wouldn't have done. And you know, it's there's, just, there's, it's there's so many. There's different kind of points at which certain points can be taken off this season then it gets moved to next season it's yeah it's a mess but it's the EFL for you so but um, yeah lots of fans are saying this should be a must win kind of just to get back on form but to be honest if we can get a draw I'd probably be happy and um, I think I've, I've not actually predicted a win on a preview for quite some time now which is actually quite depressing um, do it I'm not sure I can though <laughs> I'm the most pessimistic Reading fan going. Um, 
no i can't i can't sorry no um sorry reading fans <laughs> one 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 one's my prediction you know if if if, if we can actually if we can have a nil nil because we haven't had a clean sheet since december that'd be brilliant um but yeah. sadly i think there's more chance of me me growing to entertaining, be honest, than, nil, nil would be entertaining nice. nil nil at least yeah there we yeah. go um so yeah that 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 kind of that will wrap it up i think for today yeah give us give us a nil nil give us a draw both of us want draws so we'll be happy everyone's <laughs> happy everyone will go home happy so um yeah um thank you very much everyone obviously for for listening in to this preview fingers crossed we will be previewing um a win um, on Sunday, but um, who knows really with, uh, with with the team at the moment. But we will, of course, be back for the, the post-match podcast where we'll look back at the whole game. Um, so, and thank you very much for, for joining us today. Um, do you want to just give a quick plug to your podcast? Uh, yeah. Um, so we, we've been going a couple of years, uh, growing in popularity amongst our own fan base, which we never actually thought would happen. Um, we've, we've, we, we, ne- we never had any experiences of doing pods or media or anything like that. We just started it on a whim in the middle of lockdown. So it's been nice to see that people actually enjoy listening to us chat about football because we all love talking about our team, don't we? It's usually <laughs> it's usually a moan, let's be honest. But um, yeah, it's, it's, it's been surreal, really. We won we won um, third place at the Football Content Awards last season for Best EFL Podcast, which took us totally by surprise. We were just happy to be there. <laughs> when they read our name out, it almost fell off my seat. Um, so yeah, that, that that was good. If you want to find us, we're on our, all your usual um, audio uh, providers like your Spotify's, Apple Podcasts, all the ones like that. And we are also on YouTube. We tend to do opposition previews and a normal episode on on video, but scheduling lately has been the opposition previews have been a bit um, a bit off. Um, we've not we've not done that many recently, but we will improve it for next season. So it'd be worth subscribing to us just for the Reading content. The the two you might get next season should you stay up. There we go. Should, should we stay up? Oh, please don't don't put that one on me yet. <laughs> no, come on. <laughs> anyway, no, it's been great, great chatting to you, Ant. And um, yeah, thank you very much for, for, for joining us today. Um, and yeah, we'll catch everyone after after the um, whole game on Sunday. So we'll catch you then. Thank you.